Welcome to Behind the Brands. So, you found us. <laughs> well done, you. Our little podcast all about the fashion industry. Let me just tell you about the host and the creator of this podcast. The guy's from the UK and his name is Warren Parker Mills. Warren's literally worked with some of the best people in the business and met some incredible brands along the way. Now he feels it's time to kind of do things a little differently. He'll be catching up with amazing storytellers from across the globe as they share some of those unwritten secrets that they've managed to figure out for themselves. From brands you'll recognize to small artisan creators that have mastered their craft. You'll hear about their collections, sales, and their ongoing quest for sustainability. So if you're an aspiring designer, an influencer, or just a massive fan of listening to fascinating conversation, stay right where you are. Hey, welcome to the show. Hope you are well. Thank you for joining us again. My name is Warren, if you are new, and I'm the host of the show. And every Friday over the next few weeks of this series, I shall be bringing you some conversations that I've had with some truly impressive people from the fashion industry. And we're going to be taking a listen to their story and finding out a little bit more about how they are changing other people's worlds through their brands and everything that they do. Today is absolutely no exception. We're going to be talking to Danit. Peleg, a 3D designer that's been voted as Europe's top woman in tech by Forbes. She was also one of 100 most inspiring and influential women in the world, as voted for by the BBC. So if fashion tech, NFTs and product innovation is your thing, relax, settle in and enjoy the show. Hey, Danny, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so, so, so pleased to have you on the show. Honestly, I've seen your work and I thought I've got to get this girl on. What she's doing is incredible. And I know for a fact we've got so much to talk about in the next hour or so. So um, whereabouts are you? Tell everyone where you are in the world. I'm in Tel Aviv, Israel. Cool. Straight okay. in my little studio here in yeah. New York, Tel Aviv. Oh, it's amazing. And and for those people that are listening to this, I will be putting a video out when you can see the wonderful machinery behind Danit here, because um, it looks fascinating. I'm sure it looks very expensive and I'm sure it's a wonderful thing to work with. But we can talk all about that a little later on. So I'm really fascinated in your story, Danit, because I think, you know, what you have achieved and where your business is going is so, so exciting. It really, really is. And um, in today's show, I really want to talk talk a little bit more about the technology of what you're doing because you know I'm from the old guard with regards to the fashion industry and I know some things about production but I am fascinated absolutely fascinated about what's around the corner what new developments are happening in the industry the way that people are looking at designing product and producing product and sustainability and all those things that are really really close to your heart so can I ask the first question question how on earth did you become a 3d designer i mean do you want to give us the, <laughs> give us the story because it's fascinating absolutely so i studied fashion design here in israel and mm. while i was a student i was really curious about integrating different kind of fashion technologies in my work yeah. i really enjoyed creating or being part of the whole production process from a to z so instead of just going to a shop and buy beautiful fabrics and just you know using sewing machines I also enjoy creating my own fabrics. 
So that's really forced me to use different kind of fashion technologies like knitting machines and laser yeah. cutting and digital printing. Um, and I, I, so I took a course at wearables, which was like really like innovative course where I learned how to connect, uh, you know, a tiny computer into clothes and create garments that are wearables, but also um, interactive with the okay. audience who see right. that. So yeah. that was like mind blowing to me. <laughs> and I think really, really leads me to use innovative like technology, like cutting edge technology and coding mm. the dress and all of that. Okay. Um, but then, uh, so, so right after making this dress that was showing in like, you know, in exhibitions and museums and like it was uh, some buzz around it, um, mm. I decided the next thing for me will be researching about 3D printers. Okay. So the small version, the one you yeah. can fit in your house. Um, and once I realized that this technology really allowing me to create a piece of fabric that I can design and 3D print all by yeah. myself without using any, you know, factory or stores or, you know, people from outside, like the, like by using knitting machines, for example, mm -hmm. I felt so empowered and free that, that I just decided that I'm going to 3D print an entire fashion collection using wow. this method. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so it started as a curiosity and turned to be my career. And now wow. we're here and talking about Amazing. it. Amazing. Amazing. So when you studied, obviously you you went to university, right? And when you, did you, did you do fashion at uni? Did you do, did you do a course in fashion? I took, uh, yeah, a whole degree. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And what was, what was it like with regards to your lecturers and such forth? Because obviously, you know, we talk about this a lot in, in some of the previous episodes about the support of the way that universities and colleges are obviously pushing the parameters. Was it something that everybody was getting to their grips with, or was it still new technology when you were studying? So we didn't have three printers in my university. No. I had to look for it by myself yeah. and taught myself everything I know. It wasn't wow. like a course or something that I was attending that I was inspired to to research more about it. I just yeah. found a small maker space in Tel Aviv where they had a few different three D printers, and I mm -hmm. was just spending you know days and nights at this place, just teaching everything I know. Now I know like how to build this machine, like how, uh, you know, use different kind of materials, like everything I, I, I needed to know, basically. Mm. I just, uh, mm. I was just experimenting and that's how I taught myself. But now Amazing. they have 3D printers in my university. <laughs> Good, well, hopefully you went, you went your interest and, and obviously that your development has, uh, has stimulated a whole new raft of people coming through the industry. I think that's, that's amazing. You must be very proud. You must be very proud. <laughs> and, um, so tell us a little bit about when you, when you left uni. What, what were you doing then? What did you want to do? So when I graduated from fashion school, um, it's literally started overnight, the interest about this project. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I had nine months to research and develop and create my final collection, like my thesis project. Yeah. Um, and um, and I had, so I had nine months to create it without knowing anything about 3D printing in advance. And I end up 
printed the world's first fashion collection that was printed using desktop 3D printers, like home wow. printers. Wow. And most of the production process uh, happened in my house in Tel Aviv. So I just rented these printers from a store in Israel. And I was just printing 24-7 and uh, literally waking up in the middle of the night to change the color, take the pieces, assemble them, try them on on the models. And then eventually it was on the runway show. And wow. the next day, you know, we, we created a video. We, I mean, me and my husband, because he was like, okay, this is crazy. You're literally <laughs> printing clothes from our house. Like, <laughs> I think you should document the process. Like, it's yeah. so cool. And he posted a video and after like maybe like two weeks, it got something like 5 million views. Wow. Um, and then it went like, like, like fire, like every major magazine, like outlet media wrote about it from the New York Times to Wall Street Journal to Vogue magazine, Elle magazine. Um, and it was just like viral, the whole concept of Will we 3D print our clothes in the future? Like, look mm. at this girl. She was printed an entire fashion collection from her house. Will we wow. print one day? Maybe we will print our clothes as well. Yeah. So it was very, um, literally happened overnight. So I, I didn't even get the chance to think what I want to do right after, you know, Goodness. finishing university. Um, yeah. and, um, and it's still like my full-time uh, career basically wow wow that's amazing so literally you left uni it went wild and 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 the phone just kept ringing yeah, yeah. so um who, who kind of what what kind of work were you doing from that I mean did, what were the opportunities you had from that um, initial response yeah so uh, I'm very lucky to still have this um, most of the opportunity that comes to me I don't have time to approach people mm -hmm. let's, let's put it this way uh, it's really, really fascinating. And every time it's a different opportunity that comes to my uh, my inbox, basically. Yeah. So it's so it's really, really curious, you know, interesting to see what the future will take me to. Yeah. But yeah. basically right now I'm focusing on R&Ds. Okay. Uh, I am working with multiple companies to research more about this technology and finding better materials and better printers to mm -hmm. achieve 3D printing. Mm -hmm. um, fabrics, textiles, right. and, okay. and fashion items. And what about the tech scene in Israel? I mean, certainly from a fashion tech perspective, is it is it quite buoyant? Is there a lot going on? There is a lot going on in terms of innovation in Israel, um, mm -hmm. like especially in Tel Aviv. Um, but yeah, everyone, it feels like everyone here works for a sort of a high-tech <laughs> company, yeah. um, all of my friends at least. And for them, it's like just, a, you know, just another thing, you know, it's just like, yeah, she's doing 3D printed fashion. That's cool. You know, other people doing other cool stuff as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And I know, you know, I've done my research, Danny, and I saw a TED talk, actually, which was amazing. And what was that like when you walked out on stage there? How nervous were you? Were you nervous? Oh, my God. From a scale to <laughs> one to ten. <laughs> I think it was actually my first public speaking engagement I ever had was this TED talk. Yeah. Um, it happened just a few months after I graduated from school. Um, so no previous experience with public speaking. And the only thing you see when you're going onto uh, the TED stage is a mm -hmm. clock that's ticking. Wow. And there is no notes. You see the <laughs> audience and you see this clock. 
um, and you just need to memorize and you have one shot to do it. Like otherwise mm. they won't publish the, your TED talk on their website. Wow. Um, it was Big so pressure. many. Yeah, exactly. So many mm. incredible other speakers that I couldn't find them on the, you know, the website right after. So I was shocked to see that my talk made it to the website. And it's literally also it was another wave of interest because mm. it was translated to so many languages. And, mm. you know, I think like a few, maybe like more than a million people watched it and um and then, yeah, it started a whole new niche of me educating people about this technology and about my yeah. vision. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, again, to see, to see, you know, your, your story unfold in front of all those people is amazing. And I've got to ask you as well, again, about the Rio Olympics. So just tell us how the city, and for anyone that, that doesn't know this little story, in fact, I'll let you tell the story, Dan. <laughs> tell us about the Rio Olympics. What happened there? Sure. So, um, so yeah, so one of the, the, you know, the group that worked, the, the creative group that worked on the, um, the creative side of the opening ceremonies, they watched my TED talk and they're like, okay, this is so cool. Can you please make us a dress for one of the segments at the opening ceremony of the Paralympics Games? Mm-hmm. Of course I said yes, <laughs> but then it was so challenging because I didn't get a chance to meet the dancer before the rehearsal and they wanted me to come with a beautiful dress um, and, you know, and just make it to the final rehearsal. Yeah. And um, so it was a beautiful segment. You can find it on my website or on the internet. Uh, it's very relevant. We're talking about the Olympics right now, right? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> during the Tokyo one. So, so yeah, so she was dancing with a robot, a beautiful dancer that she's, a, a, she's also a double leg amputee. Mm-hmm. And she's a, a um, snowboard medalist. Her name is Amy Porty. And yep. she was dancing on stage with a robot partner on a samba dance. Um, and she was wearing her high-tech prosthetics, wearing a dress, that was made by a robot because 3D printer is also a sort of a robot. And it was all about the connection and the relationship between between uh, human and technology because yeah. this is what the Paralympics is mostly about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The Paralympics, you know, uh, athletes, they're having all this sort of like technology around them that's making them to become almost like a super heroes yeah Uh, um so it was really cool so i was there creating a dress for her um because i was using 3d printers and uh, due to the situation i couldn't meet with her before the rehearsal i had to use a simple app where she took two photos of herself and sending me this information i was Mm -hmm. able to put all of her measurements on my software my 3d software and um and 3d print a dress that fits her like a glove without ever meeting her in person yeah and then when i met with her and we tried on the dress i was amazed to see that i don't need to do any changes and that's really showed me once again the like the potential power of using 3d printers because Mm. i can work and interact with my customers or with the the audience and creating a custom-made dress without meeting them amazing Um, yeah, that is truly amazing. So just talk to us, Danny, if you wouldn't mind, a little bit more about that process, because this is something that I am really, really interested in. I mean, you're saying there that you had a client you've never met before, you've never had a fitting 
And through an app, you got her measurements through and you made a dress that fitted her like a glove, your words. Um, how easy is that to do from a manufacturing perspective? I mean, what kind of level of detail? This is something I'm really interested in. What kind of level of detail kind of from a data perspective are you putting into your software there? Great question. So I can guide you really quick through the process of making this 3D printed garment, any mm -hmm. 3D printed. Um, is basically you started by creating, you know, using software for fashion designers. So today fashion designers are not using papers and rulers anymore. Yeah. We're using softwares anyways. Mm -hmm. So when we design a dress, we're able to create the dress to um, have the, like the pattern of the, the dress and see the simulation. I'm using a software by Gerber Technology uh, called EcuMark. Then I moved this pattern style into mm -hmm. the 3D model software called Blender. This is where I'm able to see all the, like the, you know, the, the design, like this is when the creative process is starting basically. And you mm -hmm. can 3D print anything you have in mind, like your imagination is the limitation. So when you have this opportunity to work with 3D printer, it's actually opening up so many opportunities that sometimes it's hard because you can, you can choose anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's when I'm able to see the digital dress before it goes to production. This is when mm -hmm. I was able to send this simulation to, to, um, to Rio to see if they like the, the style or the design and also to send it to the, to the dancer as well and to communicate and do all this changing before I even create like one sample. Cool. Then yeah. you just send it to print on a desktop machine uh, with multiple pieces because the printers uh, that you can fit in your house are smaller than the one you can find in the factories. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I assemble them and you can wear them and wow. you can recycle them right after. So it's like wow. a circular concept wow that's amazing how long did it how long did it take you to assemble that or how long did it take them to assemble that dress mm, so i assemble it for okay. her um yeah. i have my own process it's like a gluing process you just literally glue your dress or mm -hmm. jacket uh so using my own method my own gluing kit um it will take me something like 10 minutes literally Okay. Yeah. yeah super yeah. quick. This is yeah. like the, the easiest part is like assembling a puzzle. It's like a 3D puzzle. You know, every part as a role, there is no mm -hmm. cutting process. There is no waste to this process. So, um, so when, when I assemble it, it's like a puzzle. I know which part should go where and just, mm -hmm. uh, just components, yeah. just yeah. putting them together. Right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And what about cleaning? <laughs> I know that's a really, a really boring question, but how, no. how, do, you, how do you clean Great it? Great question. So I'm actually using dishwasher <laughs> okay. to clean my designs. Um, so it's just finally, right? Finally, we can use the dishwasher to wash our clothes. Um, wow. But no, I'm kidding. So when needed, um, after the Olympics, for example, it was needed to wash this dress. And uh, yeah, so you just put it in the dishwasher um, and yeah, and it just wash out. it. Yeah, wow. that's it. Um, <laughs> that's amazing sometimes i create jackets for example with some fabric lining into them so i just hand wash them mm -hmm. but the one that are 100 3d printed you can wash them this way wow that is amazing absolutely amazing and i want to ask the question a little bit more about your business with regards to 
the commercial side. So who is your customer? Because obviously you've got a commercial business. I know you're doing loads of work at the moment with regards to research and development and working on new fabrics and working on different machines and giving all that intel back to, to obviously the people that you're working with on a daily basis. But I would imagine you are thinking a little bit further down the line with regards to commerciality. So who is your perfect customer? What, what do they look like? Who are they? Yeah, great question. So I'm not really selling my design so much. Mm -hmm. um, but when I do, uh, usually it's like collectors for fashion, people that collect fashion from, you know, from like old to new uh, okay. magazines or uh, magazines and museums that has a collection or universities that has a, mm. you know, like a fashion collection yeah. in there. Um, so these are usually the people who actually buy my garments. Mm -hmm. um, I am now experimenting with a new method, selling my files for the first time. So you're able to actually 3D print it wherever you are. So you just buy my file, go to a store nearby, and it's really showing like the proof of concept. You know, it's like yeah. really taking my vision. I don't want to be the middle person that's selling and shipping the garments. I want to mm -hmm. just sell more and more digital files mm -hmm. of them. Um, so now I'm really experimenting with selling my files through blockchain, through yep. NFT. Yep. And my customers are like everyday users. So wow. it's fascinating to see yep. that uh, yep. this is uh, being changed. And, wow. uh, Okay, we're going to talk a little bit more about NFTs because there will be people listening to this um, to this episode and thinking, what's an NFT? So we may have to break it down a little bit more a bit later on. But trust me, stick with us because this is going to get even more mind-blowing when you start <laughs> listening to this story. But I just want also want to ask as well, Danny, a little bit more about kind of cost implications. So the machine that you've got behind you, and I know our listeners can't see it, and we will be putting a little video out so we can see it, but can you just explain a little bit about that machine and um, and basically how much it was, if you can share that with us. Sure. So this machine is made by Craftbot. Um, it's a brand that's creating the most professional 3D printer, desktop 3D printers for that I find are the most uh, suitable for printing textiles from your office in WeWork or from your house. Mm -hmm. um, they're not that expensive. It's like okay. around 2,000 euro. Um, and I don't know, uh, it depends if you use them very often, then I think it's, uh, it's affordable, but mm -hmm. there are printers that cost uh, $300 and you can also use them to 3d print textiles, but okay. maybe it will take you more time. This one has two extruders. So that means I can print, um, in two different colors or two different materials, or they can print together. So it's, it's, uh, accelerating the printing process. The sure. printing bed is really big, sorry, mm -hmm. compared to what's the traditional 3D printer. So that's why I really prefer this one. Yeah. Um, but of course, you can find them in so many like prices. Uh, there is one that's, uh, you know, um, that is made for children, that children can operate. Mm -hmm. And I think it's super educational to have a 3D printer in your house and let your kids experiment with it from early stage mm. um, age. So, so yeah, so you can, wow. so you can find one that fits to your needs. 
That's interesting because I had this idea that there were going to be tens of thousands, you know, as opposed to a thousand or a couple of thousand, you know. Um, it's a, I suppose it's the same with anything, isn't it? The, the more you tend to spend, the better the quality and, and everything else. But that is definitely a lot more accessible than I thought it would be. And, I, and again, I want to talk to you a little later about how your outlook on the way that fashion is going how we potentially could be looking not too far down the line with regards to making commercial printers you know collections within people's wardrobes that they can kind of have this wonderful flexibility of producing something and recycling it and there's so many different options but um, that's later on (laughs) so I want to also ask you Danit about how you've managed to fund where you're at, because you've said that you're not actually selling your collections at the moment. And, you know, when you've got a team and there's a lot of kind of, uh, there's a lot of expense in setting up any business, how have you managed to do that? How, how have you had support? Great question. So I'm actually, actually growing organically, which is mm-hmm. incredible for, you know, a young startup. Um, I am taking the, the you know, First of all, I have partners. Let's start with it. I have sponsors and partners, and I am working with uh, like multiple creative partners that support my work, and I support their innovation Mm -hmm. um, and integrating them together. So, um, so that's that's one of the the most important um, um, support system I have that's allowing me to research more and really achieving my vision and bring it to reality. Um, and I'm very thankful for it and we can talk about them if you want. Um, and then I have all my speaking engagements and I'm giving workshops and I have my online course where students taking my course literally from all around the world and educating their self. I'm so open with my recipe and how I achieve my designs and I want to move forward this, uh, like knowledge. So more people will experiment with 3d printing. I believe that's Mm. how this will push this technology farther. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's really interesting, and I'm taking this uh, opportunity to invest more in my um, in my research, in my you know, in my projects with the people I'm working with, and etc. So, so re- literally, I did never raise money uh, for anything. Um, I own all the rights, and mm. um, that's how I can grow and you know, learn more things. And amazing. That is so cool. It's so cool that, again, that you are, you know, you're offering complete transparency about what you're doing because you're doing it for the right reasons. You know, you want to develop and push the boundaries, but you also, you need, actually, you need more people coming in to to substantiate what you're doing, I suppose. And from an industry point of view, I mean, there are there any brands that you can mention? You don't have to, but are there any brands that you're talking to or have are showing a particular interest in this technology moving forward? Well, of course, I can't mention uh, any names, uh, but I can promise you that there is a huge interest in 3D printed fashion and like mm-hmm. the future of digital fashion. And yeah. uh, there is more interest now with the old NFT movement. So uh, there are a few major brands that we're interacting with. Uh, I am working most of the, the time with my on my research project about materials. Um, this research product is based in Palo Alto and Japan and Tel Aviv, of course. And, Mm -hmm. um, so my team is very like global and, um, and we get a lot of interest from, um, and I wish I could tell you more, maybe in like one month, but (laughs) if, if, 
people are interested about learning about uh, where this research is going, they're more than welcome to follow me on social media or my yeah. website too. Cool. More about okay. It. Okay, so we will be hearing more, more, more. Exactly, more news. coming soon, coming, coming soon. Coming soon, yeah, don't give everything away. I mean, you touched a little bit there on fabrications because I know the dress or some of your earlier um, products that you produced were, you know, they were structured and they were quite rigid and, you know, almost plasticky looking. How have you developed or what are you doing at the moment with regards to researching how to make fabric feel much more like fabric? Yeah. So we come to the place that we develop materials that really behave like fabrics you want to put next to your skin mm -hmm. uh, and that are completely 3D printable and recyclable. So, um, so yeah, so that's the, the project I was mentioning uh, that is happening with uh, my partner's Moon Creative Lab. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's, that's really exciting and uh, it does evolve. So let's talk a little bit about a subject which is really hot at the moment in the industry. Um, it's hot everywhere that you, it, there is where you're kind of on the bleeding edge of technology because I want to talk to you about NFTs. So can you, in your layman's terms, just quickly tell the audience what you think an NFT is? Mm, yes, sure. So I can give you the explanation I give to my friends when they were like, NFTs. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically imagine you're going into like uh, buying an artwork. And you mm -hmm. need to find out who is this artist that created this artwork. So let's say it was Andy Warhol. How can you actually uh, prove that that artwork was made by Andy Warhol? You need to mm -hmm. go back all the way to the first, you know, list of this artwork to find that the artist was listing this art and sell it to this guy or to this uh, um, gallery. Yeah. Um, and it's really complicated to go through all the way to the to the artist sometimes. And many artworks are can't really tell that this is an original. Yeah. Um, so NFT is what's really changing this whole behavior. Now with NFT and especially with artwork, you can actually um, see that Andy Warhol or other artists are minting their artwork into the blockchain. That yep. means they're posting the photo of it. They're mentioning, I am the artist. I minted this artwork. And now I'm going to sell it to whoever will give me the highest price for it. Mm -hmm. Then the first collector who bought this artwork is becoming part of the chain. So that means I can go through really quickly in just a few clicks into all the way to the artist who bought this artwork. And then yep. I can see who bought it from him. And then I can see that this collector sell it to someone else. And I can see in how much was the price all, mm -hmm. all the time without names, just the numbers. And, um, and this artwork will forever be connected to the blockchain unless the artist decide, will decide to destroy it, to mm -hmm. burn this artwork and remove it from the blockchain. Um, yeah. But if uh, the collector is owning it, he's the only one who can do it. You know? So it's always uh, moving hands. Um, every time that someone else buying this artwork, the artist still get a cut of it, yeah. cut of the sale. So he can forever see where his artwork is ending and get a cut from each sale. Yeah. And for yeah. the collector, it's really easy to prove that he is the owner of this NFT, of this artwork. And it's easy for him, even if he's owning the physical artwork, but that's who we'll put on the side. Now mm -hmm. we're talking about the digital form. 
So if you go to a gallery and you buy an artwork, I believe in, in like the next few months or maybe one year, um, the collectors will ask to see the NFT as well that's coming with it. So you mm -hmm. own the physical product, but you also own the evidence that's showing yeah. that you are the collector and yeah. you own this. And um, yeah. so, so basically that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So in effect, it is all about provenance, isn't it? That's a really good word, really, with regards to understanding the trail from production right the way through to sale to onward sales. And the wonderful thing about NFTs, for anyone that is still a little bit boggled, is the fact that the creator will have a can not always but can mm -hmm. have a percentage of ongoing sales and i think what is really wonderful about that is it's really championing content creators or product creators should i say um which i think is really really interesting so you've given a brilliant synopsis there of how it affects the art world how do you think that will work in in our industry in the fashion industry what are you doing done it with regards to 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 implementing the nft system in fashion yeah so for me that was one of the most common question i was getting i was lecturing about 3d printed fashion how awesome that is and i can email you address and etc mm -hmm. and all the students or everyone who was listening to my lecture they were like but how fashion designer will secure their files like once you send it you you that's basically it yeah. you don't know where is it going to end up so i never sold my garments because i knew that someday i'll be able to secure them in any form and then when nft started that's really giving me the opportunity to start selling my designs my digital garments mm -hmm. to to anyone who wants to collect them and me as a designer it's empowering me to um also track them um but also giving the opportunity to collectors to create them by themselves without having me in the middle yeah. So I see it as like a really revolutionary part for the fashion industry because fashion is becoming more and more digital anyway. Um, and we see a lot of digital designs that are meant to be just a beautiful picture on Instagram without mm -hmm. the physical product with it. And my garments can be both. They can be digital or they can be physical if you, you want them to be digital. You can also wear this jacket in the digital world, in like the metaverse world yeah. or in yeah. like Instagram posts or whatever. Um, and so that's giving the opportunity for, for, for fashion to become digital, but still giving them the opportunity to secure it, to, yeah. you know, to actually... Um, like empowering designers to to sell digital garments mm. instead of having these tons of inventory and yeah yeah trying. that's that's really important that you brought up that whole metaverse thing because again it is kind of mind blowing to think that I mean who knows I mean retail itself has had a horrible time the last year obviously for for everything that we all know about but even for the last few years it's been really really difficult and I think this whole experiential way of retailing and engaging customers and and selling all the wonderful be benefits of a product or a brand in a digital way is really really interesting and I'm talking to a lot of people at the moment about digital showrooms and AR and VR and beacons and so many so many different things going on at the moment and i think we have to be careful that we don't we don't assume that the next big thing is going to be the next big thing and we're all jumping on it because that's where the money is you know because it's not about money it's about 
progress in the industry. And I know sustainability is a big part of your business. And, and I would like to try and get an understanding of how you see 3D and tech um, from a sustainability perspective. How, how does your business compensate that element? So um, we really care about not bringing more waste to the world. And I think with 3D printing, it's giving us a really more sustainable alternative to the core and fashion supply chain. There are mm -hmm. so many benefits to 3D print your clothes or using digital fashion. Like, like you mentioned, during COVID, we understand that, first of all, we don't need so much stuff. And yeah. second of all, if we can find a way to create them in like more you know, clean environments and cleaner process, um, we will prefer buying this item or, you know, or having them. Mm. I was amazed to learn how bad is the fashion industry is doing to the world and for being the second most polluting industry. Um, I felt really bad and I was like really sad for like, you know, being part of this industry without doing and taking any action. Yeah. And I realized that if we can take this innovation and make it scale with the right materials, we could reduce our negative impact on the world. So yeah. first of all, of all of my design, as I mentioned, when I produce them, there is no waste. Every part that I print has a role. So when I print a dress with the sleeves, the sleeves becoming part of the, the you know, the jacket that I'm wearing right now, um, I have no waste because every part that I print meant to be part of it. So there sure. is this is not something possible to achieve when you work with traditional fashion. Mm. All of my designs are digital, so I can email you the garment and you can print it in like local manufacturing, wherever you are. So there is no need for tons of inventory to ship from one side to another. And um, which is really, really, really uh, one of the biggest source for pollution in the fast uh, fashion industry mm -hmm. um all of the materials that i am using and developing and of course i believe the most important thing is that if we develop anything new to our world it has to be circular so i learned that only one percent of the clothes of the world is being recycled so everything that even if we put it in this you know um beans you know that you think that you're going to recycle your clothes when you throw it there most likely it's going to end up underground or being burned. Yeah. Um, so we can imagine the amount of fashion items that are created every year and thinking that only 1% of it is being recycled is like literally ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And with 3D printing, uh, we're almost able to, you know, you know, to recycle most of the materials, if not like 100% of it, and reuse it to create something else and new to it. There is a, this old aspect of personalization and customization, which me, makes less uh, uh, returning um, to shops. And, um, yeah. and today when you go to these fa fast fashion shops, there is like tons of inventory that sometimes we don't want to buy and they end up as waste. Um, and with the 3D printing and digital fashion, I'm actually able to store all of my designs on my computer or on the blockchain, as we just mm -hmm. mentioned. And, um, and people, you know, just, you know, don't and then produce them when people want to have them or when people want to have them, they can produce it by themselves. And, you know, so anyway, so what I mean, you don't need to own a huge inventory. Um, mm which is a huge factor for creating more waste to our yeah. life. Yeah, yeah.
It is an interesting one, isn't it? Because on you know when you when you're talking as you do so eloquently about the benefits of 3D printing, you know, fits like a glove, no waste, sustainable, resourceful, no inventory, all those wonderful things. How do you? I know it's a really difficult question, done it, but how do you envisage the industry is going to look in five years' time? That's the ultimate question, which I know is a difficult one to answer. But do you do you not do you see factories going to be around? Do you see we're going to be consuming product in a different way? How, what does that world look like to you? Yeah. So first of all, I think the first step is uh, in you know increasing the amount of digital fashion and illuminates uh, the amount of you know garments before they go to production. So I really believe in production on the you know, on the go um, and produce these pieces that people are actually willing to buy instead of just creating tons of inventory and then review what people think about them. So I think digital fashion, anyway, everything in our life becoming digital, but fashion is very physical thing still. And so I think we will see more and more fashion brands joining the digital revolution. And then later on, people will want to bring this digital to physical. So they will have to use a sort of like technology, like knitting machines or, mm-hmm. or 3D printing. Um, and so I think that um, with, with the development that we created in the material development, we realized that we can create like local manufacturing in a tiny room, in like every city, every store, uh, you know, every uh, country, um, every street, every university, we can build this tiny manufacturing that's creating A to Z from material um, to 3D print the garments, to recycle these garments, to create Mm. new materials, to, you know, so it's like a whole circular economy that can happen in like this tiny room that I'm sitting right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, So it's fascinating to see. I think we will see more and more this local manufacturing instead of shipping the pieces from one side to another. Mm. We will see a huge movement in the digital side and with the NFT um side and more and more development into you know more like high-tech development into improving the way we produce our garments so Mm. we'll have more and more you know cleaner process more circular approach wow that sounds amazing and actually when you put it into the context of this localized thing as you were talking i was imagining a retail environment with a storefront with the product in there and literally a room at the back where you could come in you could get yourself measured like you would down in you know a bespoke tailor almost and um, I love that I absolutely love that idea Um, it is absolutely fascinating and it does blow my mind a little bit and one of the things that I wanted to ask you is how do you communicate? I mean, you mentioned earlier about talking to your friends about NFTs. What about the older generation? What about when you're at a dinner party or your grandmother or your, you know, your uncle or auntie say, so what do you do? What do you say? How do you explain that to them? Ah, <laughs> great question, because I was literally trying to explain it to my parents the other day. And they were like, <laughs> OK, don't even try. Um but no, I think the way I explained it, I think anyone can understand it and understand the importance of it and like the, the why we need um, the improvements of ownership of things yeah. if you want them to have like um, more continue to evolve all the time. Um, so 
also, I want to explain that with NFT, it is possible to achieve this interesting smart contract with it. So that means, like you say, I can choose if I want to get some commission every time mm -hmm. I'm selling my artwork to a secondary sale, but also I can control the digital file to change over time. So that means if I'm selling you this jacket right now on summertime, it can turn to be a tank top because the NFT will change and evolve. So, so there is, and this is just like a tiny example mm. of what's possible to achieve with it. So there is like so many opportunities for the same artwork to evolve over years or over time. Um, and the creator has the opportunity to, to, to affect it over years instead of just selling it one time and forget mm. about it. Yeah. I, th I think what is lovely about that that little piece that you just said there was the use of the word artwork, you know, because you do speak as a creator, as a designer, but as also an artist. And I think that's something that has been lost a lot from the industry because people have just produced stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to think a little bit more about how we produce stuff um, and we have to embrace technology we have to embrace different ways of doing things and you know i'm 53 and i'm just blown away over the last couple of years the things i'm learning now i probably learned more in the last three or four years than i've learned in my entire career um and that's really really encouraging because i will then obviously my duty is to talk to my kids and mm -hmm. anyone else coming into the industry and, and trying to educate other people as well um it's just fascinating. It really, really is fascinating. And I'm also interested in done it and trying to find out who else is kind of quite prolific in your sector, in your space. Is there anyone that stands to mind? Yeah, of course. So um, first of all, Adidas is a great example of a company mm -hmm. that already embracing and really looking for more sustainable solution. Um, they own a 3D printed company called Carbon 3D and they're creating wow. shoes that you can buy on Adidas stores. And um, and I believe more and more brands, you will see that becoming more circular, giving the opportunity for you to buy and bring it back and get a discount for your next pair of shoes or the next you know garment. Um, most of the fashion designers that are working with 3D printers, they're using more industrial design, uh, industrial 3D printers. So yeah. that means the dresses cost much more and um and it's also more like an artwork and i'm trying to create them as much as like ready to wear kind of style so we you can find more fashion designers that interacting with 3d printers and yeah. uh, i think it's great um yeah so i think there is more brands joining in in terms of the digital side or the mm -hmm. changing the production process or caring about the making more circular economy and I think it's great. I yeah. really, really hope that it will be the majority of the industry. Yeah, eventually. no, it's fantastic. And, um, you know, I mean, it has been fascinating. And I would love to be talking to you for a lot longer. But I know you've got so much to do. You're a very, very, very busy girl. Um, but how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way for people to find out more about you and your brand and, and all the great work you're doing? Absolutely. So first of all, my website, denitpelek.com, I always uh, uh, send, you know, up, update the, the latest project that I'm working on. Uh, Instagram is a great outlet because it's very visual what I do. So I'm really hope um, um, for, you know, that's where I'm sharing my concepts and ideas on this platform. 
also Twitter, then it's Pelek 3D, or Instagram, then it's Pelek mm-hmm. 3D, or yeah, so uh, LinkedIn, then it's Pelek 3D. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, wow. so you can, um, uh, I, I always love um, meeting new people and thinking for new collaborations, and I love hearing more thoughts about this concept. So really feel free to contact me. I would love to stay in touch. Brilliant. That sounds amazing. And I'm sure they will. I'm sure your, your inbox is going to be pretty flooded over the next uh, the next couple of weeks. But listen, I, it's been brilliant. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I know we've talked in depth about lots of quite interesting things and things that a lot of the listeners may or may not have heard of. Um, it's brilliant what you're doing, honestly. And I wish you tremendous success as, as your career develops. Um, I think you've got every box ticked from an outsider looking in. Trust me, I've spoken to many, many people and you are there. Um, and, and honestly, you've got, you've got a fantastic career ahead of you. So good luck with that. And thank, thank you very you. much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And I'm blushing. Thank you for all the kind words. <laughs> it was cool. really fun to speak with you. Good stuff. All right. Take care. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Wow. <laughs> there was a lot to digest in that conversation. That's for sure. Listen, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Please check out Danit. Um, she's all over social media. She's on LinkedIn as well. So please hook up with her, contact her, message her, tell her how wonderful she is because she is a real talent and a superstar of the future. That's for sure. Well, at Behind the Brands, we like to mix things up a little, shall we say? And next week is absolutely no exception. We're talking to a guy called Jules, who's a car mechanic, and he's also a designer of men's lingerie. What a great conversation I had with him and his colleague, Anna. And we talked all about breaking down stereotypes and doing things a little bit differently, shall we say. So come in, join us next week. In the meantime, have a great week, and I'll see you then. Behind the Brands was brought to you in association with BeforeStores.com. Go check it out. You can discover new brands, meet the makers and their products before they go into stores. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate your feedback. You can also subscribe for future episodes by tapping the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, keep learning, keep listening and keep creative.